What's going on, everybody? Glenn P. Brooks Jr. here. I'm an author, I'm a speaker, and I'm a coach. And I want to welcome you to We All Need Some Help Wednesday, the podcast. I get the opportunity to add value to entrepreneurs, business owners, and ministry leaders, both on and offline. And this episode is going to be no different. Stick around, and we're going to get started right now. Well, we'd like to welcome you back to another episode of We All Need Some Help Wednesday, the podcast. And guys, today we got something to celebrate. Uh, today, as we record this episode, it actually celebrates us dropping our 52nd one year's worth of episodes of We All Need Some Help Wednesday, the podcast. And I just want to thank you for the thousands of you guys who are streaming and I've watched the analytics. Y'all, I just want to say thank you. I just want to say thank you. When we started this podcast... A year and some months ago, um, it was just an idea. And quite frankly, I'm here not because I wanted to be here, but because one of my teammates pushed me. And they said, Coach, listen, we are on Clubhouse every week anyway. What would it look like for us to create a podcast around? I said, I don't know. You saying we, and I'm going to blow them up and put them out there. Chris, a.k.a. DJ Mastermind Giles, uh, our producer of this podcast. And he said, no, we means me, Coach. If you show up and you do your part... I will produce the podcast because that's what black tie media does for a living. And I want to do this for you because I need to show everybody that if they ever want a quality podcast produced from the Ruta to the Tudor, then they need to come talk to black tie media. And uh, so I said, okay. And I trusted them. And here we go a year later. So today is really also special because I get a chance to share the stage with a great friend of mine. Uh, many of you guys know him all over the social media landscape, and we're going to talk about the story behind his brand. In a blog post uh, po populated on HuffPost.com, contributor writer Flynn Coleman asks this particular question. The question is, why are stories so powerful? Why are stories so powerful? Well, the truth of the matter is, is that they are more memorable than facts. Our brains are actually wired to respond to stories. Metaphors and anecdotes actually help us to relate our ideas to our own experiences, providing richness and texture. Stories actually bring you and your listeners into a multidimensional world full of colors, sights, smells, and emotions, making us feel as though we were actually living the story. I am fully persuaded, y'all, that when you see an amazing brand making tremendous impact, it is directly related to the story of the person who created that brand. And some people do a better job than others of weaving that story into their marketing and branding message. And to the degree that they do, I think those are the true winners. Because what we realize, Simon Sinek said this a long time ago. He said, people don't do business with you because of what you do. They do business with you because of why you do it. And I think that when we understand and lean into that, change happens. And I'm watching that happen in this brother's brand all day long. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the stage, my good friend, David Burris. What up, D? What's up, brother? <laughs> we here, man. It's yeah, early man. where you at. I appreciate you, man. All good, man. Happy to be here. Uh, Team Brooks, thank you for having me. I love both of you dearly. I appreciate you both. Yeah, man. You have been such a blessing to our organization over the last few years. And uh, I'm just grateful that we had a chance to connect in the way that we did. And David, I want to get right into it, man. I mean, your journey to where you are, when I look at, particularly in today's climate, people who go live on Facebook, right? It is rare that you can get anybody to watch you in real time. That doesn't, the algorithm generally isn't allowing that that much these, these days. 
it, it speaks as a testament to your brand and your reach and your impact, I think, that you can get literally hundreds of people to watch you live stream. You did an Instagram live yesterday just while you were walking. And I tuned in and I said to myself, who gets 100 people to watch an Instagram that's not, quote, a celebrity or famous, right? You're a regular dude and you would never subscribe to celebrity. <laughs> just so happens you live in Southern California. All y'all jokers are celebrities. <laughs> I, I don't care what nobody says. <laughs> but the, the truth of the matter is, is that, man, people are hanging on the words that you say. Hmm. And, and I know you take that with great humility, but can you take us back? Take us back to David growing up, David the kid, David the young adult, and let's talk a little bit about how what you've gone through has informed the way you show up today. Let's get mm. it. Man, well, first of all, again, thank you, King, for having me on today. And um, this is amazing. And it is early, but you're my brother, and that's my sister, and that's what we do. So, man, I, 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 um, I started this out, I've known since I was a child that I would be doing this. I've known, I knew at nine years old I'd be doing this. In fact, when I was younger, man, I would build uh, stages with Legos, man, and, and have guys on stage teaching and preaching and singing. So I've known since I was a child that I would do this. I just didn't know how I would get here. And um, the process and the journey has been, it's been great, man. And I just looked up and people are listening. And so... It, it, that's a testament to everyone who's listening, every entrepreneur, man, just keep leaning into your vision. And um, if you just don't let up, man, people will, people will, they'll tap in. And especially if you're adding value to their life. And so over the years, man, I've just been trying to add value for free. And one day I realized, man, I, sh I should be getting paid to do this, this thing that I do every day for free. And so here we are today, man, I'm, I, I make my living doing what I love to do every day for free. And it's, it's been a blessing, man. David, I want to talk about that concept. There's an actual book out um, that talks about monetizing free. Mm. And, I, I, and I read this book years ago. It's a marketing book. But one of the things that I've watched you do, and you just alluded to it, is I've watched you show up giving first before you ask. Mm -hmm. Can you talk to us about the power of giving first before you ask for anything. And what does that do and how does that translate not only in business but also ministry? Man, when I've watched Christ, uh, watch Christ build his team, when I watched him build his team, I saw him, I saw him walk up to people and say, hey man, do me a favor, drop your nets, follow me. But here's where it got specific. He said, I'll make you fishers of men. And so what he did was he said, listen, if you follow me, I am guaranteeing that I'm going to add value to your life. What I've learned by watching him, man, is that once you get their heart, you can get their hand, but you never ask for the hand before you get their heart. And so I believe in loving on people first and then identifying now that we are here together in relationship, how can we help each other? I think going into it for what you can get is, is backwards. I think leading with what you can give invites the right type of people into your life. Having said that, you have to be guarded because you're subject to, 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 to attract takers. But man, when you lead with love and you lead with value, people will tap into uh, the, the value before they tap into anything else. And what I've also found with that, man, is that you leading with love gives you clearance to make mistakes. Because you have tapped, you came in as a human. I came in loving you. 
Um, I've made so many mistakes, even with the team I have now, man, but they, they, they rock with me because, man, I know this dude's heart is right and he's leading with love. So I ask for their heart before I ask for their hand. Let me tell you something, man. The reason why you are singing my song is because I think that at the end of the day, only authenticity reigns. Mm. It's hard for you to fake you. Wow. <laughs> A lot of people believe, believe in, in, and we see this in relationships all the time. L listen, when you go, put your, quote, best foot forward. W what if your best foot isn't your correct foot? It That's isn't right. the true foot. That's right. And the truth of the matter is you're going to lead to people to something that's not authentic. I think where you're concerned, that rings true, man. Talk to me a little bit about the courage that mm. you're able to use and leverage when it because you don't show up authentic without a price. You already said it. When you show up to love people, you will always invite takers. We can look at Jesus's model to see that that is absolutely true. How, how do you uh, muster the courage to be able to walk through those doors, add value, show up as your authentic self, and then knowing <laughs> knowing that Judas is, is in the camp, knowing that there's going to mm. be, quote, a taker or a hater? Talk to me. Mm. Well, a couple things, man. The first thing is that <clears throat> I don't think you should show up anywhere if you don't have anything to lose. Um, and so me showing up, the courage that comes with this knows that my source is not me. It's, it's really God. And so I don't run out of what I think they would take. Knowing that God has purposed me to do this, I'm called to do this. I realize that as long as I'm called and purpose, I can't run out of what people are coming to take. That's the first thing. But the second thing I'm learning is that it's the fire that makes what I do, what Glenn does, what all of us do, it sets us apart. And so I understand that nobody's gone through the fire I've gone through to have the anointing and grace I have for business. And so as a result, you can take it all you want. You don't have the fire that will produce the results I'm producing. And so that's why I'm not, uh, you know, I don't have to be as guarded because you don't have my fire. You don't have my grace. You don't have my anointing. You may have my words. You may have my look. You may have my style. But the fire that I've gone through to be who God's called me to be in this moment, you do not have. You have your fire. And so that's why I'm not afraid of people taking. You can't take the fire. You can take the idea. Yo, you about to get me to run around this building right now, yo. Let me say this, David, and and that kind of segues into another question I want to ask you, man. I, you can't take my fire. Mm -mm. I translate that as you can't take my DNA. Mm-mm. You cannot take something that God has uniquely given to me. So if I show up and I give it with that mindset, I think I'm walking in a, in a place of abundance, meaning I, I'm walking as if, and I'm going to use a terminology that maybe some of y'all, you might not be willing, BC, before Christ, you was here. But for all my used to be uh, pharmaceutical salespeople on the street corners, <laughs> y'all know that that's a lifestyle that you move as if the money will always be flowing. So you're not afraid to spend money. Entrepreneurs, for those of you guys that live from feast to famine, you know when it's good is good. And so a lot of times you're not afraid to do that because you live in a space where, oh, I'm going to get some more. I, I, I'm going to get another bag, if you will. David, talk to us about um, that idea of moving in abundance rather than scarcity. And how does it produce you as a conduit to get actually what it is that you're bold enough to give away or let somebody, quote, take? 
So I believe there's a flow, man. And what I'm discovering is that um, uh, the more I give, the more God, it's a, it's a, it's a principle. Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatever man sows, that shall, that shall he also reap. I think, man, when I'm pouring out and what I'm learning in business, man, is I, I give more than I ask you to pay for. Right? I like to give more than I ask you to pay for because when I give, I release my mind to receive more. I release my heart to receive more. I release creativity to receive more. And so it works twofold. I'm giving and adding value to you. I'm proving to you that I'm an expert at what I do, but I'm also availing myself for God to give me more of what I'm giving. I think there are new ideas that some of you are listening. There are new ideas in your heart or in in your destiny that are being backed up because you're holding on to now and you're waiting for the right time and right moment and the perfect time and moment to release what you have been given. But I think you got to put that thing out even now. Put that bad music out. Put that bad movie out. Put that bad product out. Because as you do that, you're clearing your heart and mind to receive more from God. And so I like giving because I like receiving. And I like pouring because I like God giving me more new, fresh ideas. And what I don't want to do is be backlogged with old ideas when God has something new for me. Yo. What messes me up is you texted me the other day and you said, hey, I got a quick question. And you just asked me the question and I went in. Matter of fact, I remember saying, I ain't got time to do all this typing. So mm-hmm. let me leave you a voice mm-hmm. memo. And your reply was, bruh, one, I want to say thank you. Two, I want to say I appreciate the fact that we have the kind of relationship where you freely give. And secondly, how can I bless you? There, there is a rhythm with people who have this kind of mindset that it's not about what I have, it's about what I can give. That's right. I know man. that as we're recording this, this is the Thanksgiving time of the year, the time of the year where people start feeling really, really benevolent. But you live your life that way, man. Can you bring us up to the modern day, to the current day, and talk to us a little bit about some of the things that you got happening that does and displays exactly that? Yeah, man. So... um, just the community I run, man. I, we meet Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday. And I am there teaching Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. And that is not good business, business practice. I'm fully aware of that. I don't charge enough for the time that people get from me. But I would rather see a life change, man, than a dollar come. And I'm, and I'm learning that when I focus on life change, now this is not, uh, for you entrepreneurs, this is not good business practice. Trust me. Um, but I don't, I don't charge what I could charge, and I'm more ac- accessible than I should be, primarily because I believe that, man, when I show up and do things God's way, he'll, he'll, he'll show up and help me do things that are in my heart to do. And so I believe in overgiving. Um, and, and again, man, to that point, Um, Even in this community, man, I've been doing it two and a half years and I have not mastered it. But what I'm learning, man, is that when you are gracious in how you give, when you are gracious in how you serve, all of those little things, those mistakes. I sent an email out yesterday, had the wrong date on it. People are more forgiving when your heart is right. Um, And so serving well will cover a multitude of business sins if you do it correctly. Yo, his was funny, David. So I, years and years and years ago, I heard a, a very, very uh, prolific author. Um, if I mentioned his name, everybody would know them. 
Uh, but that's it's not about him. It's about the act that he did, and it showed me this has to be, I don't know, more than 25 years ago that I saw this. He said, I write books and I sell them so that I can raise money to fund my foundation. The last time I checked, philanthropists are not broke. Mm. The last time I checked, in order to give something, you have to have something. And so, yes, that is a delicate balance and a tightrope that you kind of walk in that regard. But having me, and talking about myself here, made the, the journey from ministry to business, I'm now learning how to position those things. Talk to me a little bit about now that you've made that transition. You out here in these streets, it is not cheap to live in Southern California by no stretch. Here's what I know. You have an amazing wife that has your back and supports in many different ways. Can you practically walk through that person who's in ministry and they're moving to business, but their mindset hasn't shifted yet Mm -hmm. on how to get paid to do what it is that they do. And by the way, what you do, ministry people, is you transform lives. And the last time I checked, David, people will pay a hefty price in order to have their life transformed. Come on, talk to me about that process for you. Yeah, man. So I think the first step is really understanding you you have to give yourself permission to be paid. Um, You have to. And I think a lot of people, especially coming from ministry, man, we don't give ourselves permission to be paid primarily because we don't understand that we can do more with money than we can when we when we don't have it. And so coming in, giving yourself permission to be paid f- frees you up, right, to really go after what your purpose to do. Second thing I would say, man, is you have to know, you have to spend your money before you have it as an entrepreneur coming out of business into in, coming out of ministry into business. In other words, you have to know where this money is going so that you don't trick yourself into believing it's not worth it to charge. Right. And so I love like you, man, I love to give. It's my prayer is God, give me more to give. Right. So I think with that mindset, I'm not coming in trying to get rich. I'm not coming in for the Louis Vuitton, the Gucci. I'm not coming in for that. I'm coming because, man, I really want to give more. I want to sow more. And that is that is a private conversation I have with God. That's not a public conversation. And so when your heart is right, man, uh, you go after it. So for what you can give. But I think the third thing, too, man, is even coming into business. I think creating a culture of giving in the fabric of your business is key. Um, And so now I can say, God, if you give me more, my business will give more. Right. I want to be a wealth distribution center for the kingdom. And so as a result, my prayer is never, I don't have to uh, second guess my prayers. God knows I'm not, I don't want this money for, for Bentley or Rolls Royce. That is not what's the priority for me. The priority is, man, I want to give more. So I think coming out of ministry into business with that mindset changes everything. For those of you guys who are just tuning in, maybe you jumped in the car, maybe you are ear hustling in the gym and you hear this guy and you're trying to figure out who is this dude? His name's David Burris and he is a leader's leader. And uh, we're talking to him on this episode of We All Need Some Help Wednesday, the podcast. We named our podcast We All Need Some Help, David, because that embodies how I show up. It's how I live. And I really believe that you can't get to any place of significance by yourself because God designed us all to need help. I believe that we are interconnected. And I believe that by design, God created us to be interdependent, not dependent, not codependent, not independent. Ladies, listen to me. That wasn't God's design for you. 
Mm. Neither was it his design for me. He never designed us to live in silos. He designed us relationally to show up and live in gardens. Before we get out of here, David, I cannot have you here and not talk about the impact that you're making on the lives of people, particularly my single community. Um, and I don't mind publicly saying this. It's one of the reasons why uh, when you and I connected years ago, we were looking for somebody that we could put a stamp of approval on who was doing things in the way of single ministry, single uh, uh, service, if you will, um, but was doing it right and doing it healthy. Mm -hmm. And you and your wife, man, you guys are running an amazing community that primarily is made up of people who are single uh, looking to level up and get their self all the way together first. And then if a spouse is in the picture, now they're attracting a healthy person to a healthy person. Can you talk to us a little bit about that and how has God used you to be able to be so effective in that, in that space? Yeah, man, thank you for this opportunity even to mention this, but I, I am on mission, man. I told God that, um, well, let me say this, man. I have been married 19 years, maybe 20 years in April, and we have been through the fire. That's kind of the fire I talked about before. And as a result, man, I, I told God, I promise you that if you get us out of this, I'll go snatch marriages out of hell. And so, man, I'm starting with, you know, I, I believe you start a healthy marriage with a healthy single person. And so, man, I empower singles, I empower couples. Um, but now, man, I'm seeing an influx of men coming, and I'm excited. Single men who are wanting to do the work on themselves to prepare themselves for a wife. Married men who are wanting to do the work. And so, we do this every week, man. Monday nights, I teach an empowerment class for singles and couples. Tuesday nights, we do mentorship. So I mentor men, and then we mentor women in a separate room. And then Wednesday nights, we call it marriage mindset, where we just pour into married couples and singles who desire marriage. And then Friday night, we call it the branch. It's our Bible study, where you just come and, be poured, uh, come and allow yourself to be poured into, man. So we're really doing the work to help people get this thing right. I'm sick of divorce. I'm sick of adultery. I'm sick of separation. I'm sick of abuse. I'm sick of abandonment. And so I I want to do my part to make sure people get together and stay together. Yo, listen, first of all, shout out to you and your queen for 19 years in a row. That's not easy. And uh, particularly in our community, we don't get a chance to see that often, right? People celebrating and doing life at a, at a high level that long in. Uh, but I also want you to, before we get off the podcast today, you guys have launched a brand new podcast. You're talking about men and how you are celebrating men. Mm. I, I think in our climate and in our culture today, men have taken unnecessary hits, unwanted hits, and unfair hits. And, and a lot of it, and I'm going to preface it this way, David, and we can go in for a second. This one might be a little bit of a longer pro podcast, y'all. I'm telling y'all on purpose because it's not often that I get my Southern California brother on a, on a show that's this early in the morning. Listen, David, I think that our culture has set our men up to have to fight to get out of a hole. Mm. That hole was not created by us. Mm. We have been systematically marginalized into this place where we don't matter. It started from the days of oppression, days of slavery, particularly for the African-American brother. The truth of the matter is, is that that has picked up generationally. And now our ladies have picked up a lot of those tendencies. And that is without thinking about it, 
There's an emasculating that takes place. Mm. They're not doing it on purpose. They're just doing what's being done. Mm. And it becomes a driving force that I think has created momentum that has marginalized us and put us to the side as if we don't matter. And the way I can characterize it today in 2022, she makes twice as much as you. Even that was systematically designed to be that way. But the problem is, is because we don't have leaders as men stepping up and showing us how to lead a woman who makes more than you. That's a talk. What are we and the doing? Reason, hold on, hold on. Listen. Uh, this is not my podcast, and I've been keeping my cool the whole time. What are we doing this morning? What are you brother, doing this morning, sir? We are setting it up, man. Sheesh. Because you guys are doing something on the code that has my heart captured, bro. Because I've been living this life for the last, it'll be 24 years in January, and I have no problem to say that my wife carried me seven years ago when I decided I wanted to go into full-time business. And 95% of the revenue that we generated came from her job, not mine. Wow. And she gave me an assignment and said, if you can put together in one year the idea that's in your head, I'll support that. And this is what that's going to look like. I'll get out here and I'll get this money and I'll do what needs to be done. And I just want you to win. That's what it looks like as far as I'm concerned to lead someone who, quite frankly, is bringing more to the table than you Mm. right now. But what I want you to talk to, and, and I know that y'all's podcast is going to take on not only those kinds of subjects, but others. My guy Felix is in the room. Our guy Felix, I love what y'all are doing. Can you talk to us a little bit about The Code, what it's about? It's a brand new podcast, and I want to celebrate it. Yeah, man. So uh, uh, The Code podcast, it's myself. It's a an amazingly brilliant man named Felix Anderson who's in the room tonight. If you're not following Felix, please do. And the gentleman by the name of Bishop R.C. Blakes, who is the greatest of all time. And man, we, the three of us, um, understood that there is a clarion call for men and we can go further, faster together. And so the objective is to speak to men and the women who love them and really avail our hearts. We want to be, there's so much mess being talked about now by men. And so we really want it to be a healthy place where we, three married monogamous men, could have a conversation about masculinity, helping men understand men, women understand men, little boys and little girls understand who they need to become and who they need to be with when they get older. So, man, it's really just a healthy conversation about masculinity um, that needs to be had, man, and we're having it and we're enjoying it. Married, monogamy, and masculinity. Come on. Jesus. Listen. You said it. No, I didn't say it like that. (laughs) <laughs> you might that. not have said it like that, but I heard it like that, brother. Married. Monogamous and masculine. And, and yeah. How about saying all those three things in one sentence? Yeah, man. And I think that's what's missing. And so we got to get back to that. And I think men are ready for it. Man, let me say this. I could talk to you for hours, bro. Uh, We're recording this live on Clubhouse. Shout out to our Clubhouse community. We're recording this live on LinkedIn. Shout out to our LinkedIn community. We're recording this live live on KBCN TV. Uh, Shout out to our KBCN TV community. Um, We're going to give you guys a chance to get up on stage and ask David some questions. But right now, we're going to close this podcast out. David, you know as well as I do, you're welcome back anytime. And what I really would love to do is have an opportunity to have the three of you brothers up on a podcast here in the future. And Barbara, let's set that up and work that out as their schedules will allow and uh, really talk in, go in, because there's not enough of us in this space. That's right. 
There's not enough of us, and we cannot come together enough. Ladies and gentlemen, my great friend, David Burris, he's here. He's killing the game. David, how can people find you? Uh, follow me, Instagram, at official David Burris Global, B-U-R-R-U-S. Um, ActivateNation.com is our website, www.TheActivateNation.com. If you want some mentorship, if you're a man or woman or married couple, single person that needs mentorship, please connect with me. We'd love to connect. Ladies and gentlemen, that was this episode of We All Need Some Help Wednesday, the podcast. I want to thank you for joining us, and please tune in next week because here's what you guys already know. You cannot get to any place of significance by yourself because we all need some help. Dave, love you, bro. We'll talk soon. Yes, sir. Let's get it. Well, I'd like to thank you guys for joining us once again for another edition of We All Need Some Help Wednesday, the podcast. Uh, Be sure to download this, and if you need to connect to us any kind of way, uh, you can reach us at www.glennpbrooksjr.com. At the end of the day, y'all already know what time it is. You cannot get to any place of significance by yourself because we all need some help. Y'all be good, and we'll talk soon.